Good morning and welcome to the KLE podcast. And this is Friday. You are with Sean Smith, your host and co-host all the way from Texas, Marshall, Texas, United States of America. And it's your one and only truly unique the best of the best, and his name is, give him an applause. This is Steve Bissett, the champion of champions. And uh, now that wasn't a good enough applause. Oh, my Let's land. Let's do it again. Terrible. Let's do it again. Let's <laughs> be anointed, the holiest. Oh, help us. Don't be doing that. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. The irreverent. Irreverent. <laughs> The most irreverent. <laughs> uh, well, it's great to have uh, our listeners with us again, and uh, we're so glad you hopped onto the to the call with us. This is the place where you're not going to get your usual church message, but where we are focused on building, developing, equipping, empowering a new generation of leaders with a kingdom mindset. Uh, I did a I did a uh, post on that in in uh, the Facebook group. This week, Steve, because uh, somebody popped up a um, uh, well, actually, I saw I saw a a post with like a little, you know, what do they call it with an image or what do they call it? I don't know. Anyway, um, it's just a picture, and I thought the wording was so good. It says we should be lifting each other up and cheering each other on, not trying to outshine one another. The sky would be awfully dark with just one star by somebody called Stacy, and uh, and I thought I thought about that scripture from one Corinthians chapter twelve, where he says, "Now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, uh, special abilities by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers, but it is the same Spirit." who grants them and empowers believers, and there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it is the same Lord who is served, and there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish, while it opens, um, well, to accomplish things, but it is the same God who produces all things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empowering them, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6 in the Amplified Bible. And I thought, you know, as I read that, I thought how, how we forget that it's variety of gifts, variety of ministries and service, ways of working to accomplish things, but the same Holy Spirit, same Lord who is served, same God who produces all things in all of us. <clears throat> right. Well, for one thing, too, is that you, you see Christ from a different perspective than I do. I mean, even though it's the same. Yes. It's like looking at a tree. You see it from one side. I see it from a little bit different angle. And that gives us a better picture, a little bit more clarity of the fullness of Christ as right. opposed to just my view. So it is important to have the other bones or the other parts of the body so that we're able to see the fullness of Christ as opposed to just my part. Yes, no, exactly. Exactly. And I, w- I was thinking about, you know, just – just what you're saying about the two different views uh, or because it um, is, um, I'm just trying to think uh, Hebrews chapter three, it talks about that. It's the, 
the, the manifold wisdom of God or the many facets of God. Right. Not everybody sees all the facets. No, nobody can see all the facets of God. I mean, his, his, his wisdom is beyond, you know, actually comprehension right. to that point. And so he's working in all of us and you bring a certain, and you reflect a certain aspect of that, of the father's heart and, and, and I bring a different aspect and we need to celebrate that rather than being in competition with one another. Right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Cause if I try to compete with you, all I'm doing is trying to, it's almost like trying to get up the ladder higher than you or up the, you know, like we're all circling the same Mount Sinai and I just want to get one little path ahead of you or something or, or a little bit higher than you. And, right. uh, there is no, it says when you've been made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, nigh is pretty close. <laughs> yeah. So if I've been made nigh and you've been made nigh, how much closer can I get than you, you know, than you? And can I get any closer? Exactly. And it's almost like a bunch of kids trying to vie for the favorite spot with the fa with a father. <laughs> and it, it just doesn't work. Well, you know, Steve, if, if it was for, if it was for a place with the father, you know, okay, we're looking, for, you know, we're all looking for favoritism, but it's actually not that it's so well, that's true. It's more it's, for each it's other so fleshly and carnal. It's got, right. it's actually not about, I mean, you know, if we, you and I were, you know, competing for a place with the father, I don't think we'd even, the, the, you know, we wouldn't have to compete, but when you're trying to, win approval and right. and you are possessing and owning you know people and you want i want more popularity than you or right. i and i want more uh, approval than you i want to be you know more recognized than you i then we that's where i think the problem actually begins to arise so what i've got to do now is borrow you know from you know, me, I'm aligned with, uh, you know, Brother Doodad, Bishop Doodad, and Apostle Doctor and Sister, you know, right. Bucket Mouth. You, you know, I'm aligned with them. I'm from their move. You, you know, who are you from? Right. <laughs> you know, now we try and play off one another so that people will think I'm more spiritual than you. Well, that's what Paul was actually saying in 1 Corinthians 3. He says that uh, for one says, I'm of Paul. Another says, I'm of Apollos. Right. Uh, are you not carnal? Yes. Uh, in the fatherhood movement uh, that I've seen a lot of, well, my, my spiritual father is so-and-so. Well, my spiritual father is so-and-so. Really? Wow. You know, you must really have a, a, a good time being with him because, I mean, he's a great spiritual father. Yes. And it's, it's, it becomes a vine for, like you said, my spiritual father is better than your spiritual father <laughs> type of thing too, yeah, is which is kind of a weird, it's, it, it's carnal is what it is. Yeah. And um, that's, that brings me to a point that we've talked a little bit about before where since it's, since there's been a change of priesthood, as it says in Hebrews, it necessitates a change of law. The problem is, as we keep going back to the old priesthood, uh, the old Aaronic order, or uh, Aaronic, E-R-R-O-N-I-K-R-C, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but the uh, Levitical priesthood, which 
which is the model uh, that we took the Catholicism and stuff like that out of. So uh, you have the high priest, and then you have a bunch of lowly priests, and then you've got this and that and the other thing. Whereas Christ said, I, uh, uh, you know, he came in the order of Melchizedek. And if that's the case, it says he, he had no father, no mother, no lineage. There was no way to trace him. But Abraham knew he had come from God. And see, that's the, that's the thing, uh, the same thing that the people said of, of the disciples. Uh, we could see that they'd been with Jesus. Hmm. You know, that was the thing. It, they, didn't, they knew that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but, but they had been with Jesus. And that's the same thing that we're, we see uh, now is, is not so much what seminary did you go to or what, you know, who is your spiritual father and... Um, it's a matter of it's a matter of finding out have these people not even whether or not qualifying them whether or not they've been with Christ but drawing out of them the spirit and nature of Christ that they've already got put in there yeah and i guess that's the thing to me is that is finding out what each person has finding out what that what that person really has inside of them and drawing out that facet of Christ like you were talking about melchizedek priesthood is not is not about a lineage. It's not about ancestral. Who's... Yeah, yeah, in ancestral. Um... <laughs> no, as... <laughs> huh? Not incest. <laughs> oh, not ancestral. Ancestral. That's right. Ancestral. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we've got some of that going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family tree ain't got no branches. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, just that Melchizedek priesthood is a very important aspect because that's that's who we are. It says we're a royal priesthood. If that's the case, we we have a different type of priesthood to to show to demonstrate out there. And um, so far, all we've done, uh, as far as a, an example to even the world, is to show them the Levitical priesthood over and over and over again. Yeah. And uh, if I, if I show you that we are a many, I guess I got to thinking about this the other day, as far as whenever you have grape juice or wine, can you tell which grape it came from? Well, not unless you're a real connoisseur. <laughs> no, I mean, individually. <laughs> no, individually you can't, no. No, no, there's no way. And that's that's when you you become a part of a whole you become a part of the body of Christ you become a part of there's nothing exalting one above the other you're a part of a bunch of grapes a bunch of the body of Christ that demonstrates who he is as a whole yeah and so you get a new wine you get a you get a wine that is so beautiful and pure because you're demonstrating Christ and you don't care about your individuality at that point yeah or your individual gifting, or your individual anointing, or whatever it is. It doesn't matter because you're not there to edify or glorify yourself. In fact, it says, if a man testifieth of, the, of himself, I've not sent him, and he seeks only to glorify himself. Yeah. And so um, I guess that's, yeah, I come to you qualifying or disqualifying myself. Um, you know, I, I'm testifying of myself. Yeah. So, exactly. um and at that point, I must realize that, that the Lord's really not sent me. I'm here to edify myself. I'm here to build myself up in your eyes. And that's not, that's not the intent of Christ. 
Yeah, but that and that's that's where we talking about the 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 modern uh, well modern. I mean, that's why we're looking when we're talking about building his church. I mean, we we we're saying that that some of the things that is happening in the way church is being built today, and you know, the the, the whole concept of of we are going to church rather than right uh, being the church the we are. Yeah, building a building, building. Uh, yeah. you know, I know of local churches that have got hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in their accounts and, and there's nothing being invested in people. Right. And, but you know, they're going to build more buildings and new wings and, and, you know, obtain more, more, more stuff rather than building people. And, and we're in this mode of, of operating that is not allowing every person to be bring their gift, bring their part, bring, you know, so that's what I love what Paul says. He says, there's a variety of gifts, right? The same Holy Spirit operating in all of us. Right. And, and so your gift and my gift is two different ways of expressing the same Holy Spirit, but it's, yeah. it's the same Holy Spirit operating in Steve, same Holy Spirit operating in Sean, but not only in Steve and Sean, but to that, to that new believer, that that baby Christian, that young person um, that is coming to the to into the the community of the church, which is what church really is. It's a community of believers, not a building, not an organization, and right. certainly not a religion. Uh, right. They come into we we you and I have got to have patience with that young believer for to allow them to grow into the expression of the Holy Spirit's operating in them. Right. And for them to discover how to administer or how to serve or how to bring this, this service, their ministry, which is what it is because there's a variety of ministries and service. So allow them to grow into how to, to bring that forward because it's the same Lord who's being served. Right. And a lot of times, a lot of times we got this, uh, it says that my sister, my spouse in Song of Solomon is a fountain shut up in a garden enclosed. And uh, when you look at his bride has been a fountain shut up, it says that we're supposed to be rivers of living water coming out of our bellies, you know, flowing. And basically in the form and the format that, that we've had is that I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen to this one person talk and we're all facing the same direction. We're all exalting this person because we put them up on a platform. Uh, we put them behind a podium behind something else. And, uh, you know, we really do exalt that person. In fact, in fact I know we even have pastor's day, you know, and stuff like that. Yep. On and, the, on your, your spiritual father day. Right, right. All those types of things. When actually, actually, the whole thing is, is the saints, you know, what can we do to edify the saints, not, not edify the ministry. Yeah. The whole reason those guys are there in Ephesians, it says is to edify the saints. Yeah. You know, to, to bring them into the fullness and stature of Christ, not, not so that you exalt me enough so that it looks like I'm Christ. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's where we get into a lot of trouble. Uh, Connie, my wife said something, well, she's said this for years now, but I always, I, it always frustrates me how people have a tendency to, um, 
make a guy a king or the guy himself wants to be a king. And she says, I don't know whether or not most of the guys really want to be king, although, you know, it's kind of addicting to have people kind of, you know, insult you and lift you up. And yeah, but she said, it's the same thing as the Israelites did. God give us a king like all other nations. Hmm. It's the same cry. It's the same thing. I don't want to be, I don't want to snuggle up close to God. You be for me toward God. Yeah. And then tell me what he says, you know, every week. I'm not going to take the responsibility for myself to, to sit here and, and try to figure out what he wants. I, I need somebody to tell me. And basically because of that, God give us a king. When all the time he said, I want to be your king. I am your king. And then they kept crying for a king. And uh, so God gave him Saul. You know, it says, I mean, and then later, of course, he repented of that. But you think about, you think about <laughs> things like that that God did just because we kept crying for it. Yeah. We kept wanting somebody over us. I want a covering. I want a covering. I want to, yeah, but I, I would like to be your covering. I would like to be your hedge. I would like to be, yeah, but I need a covering. I need a spiritual covering. Um, I thought I was that, yeah. you know, yeah. and so I don't know. There's so many, there's so much stuff that we've, that we've kind of run askew with because we've seen, we've seen a pattern and we just keep running with that same pattern as opposed to looking to Christ or looking back to the scripture and saying, okay, how do you want this done? Jesus, how are you doing this? Let me cooperate with you then. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you see, the thing about it is, <clears throat> laws create culture and there is a certain culture now about ministry and about the church oh, and yes. what we're doing is we've developed laws around that a culture has been developed that in fact uh, you know model sets the sort of the structure now for how things are going to happen and heaven forbid that you actually violate that culture. I mean, we know that culture is probably the the most pertinent thing in any organization, any enterprise, any business. Um, the culture actually drives what is, you know, how things are done around here. But how things done around here are not always done the right way. And so, And now when leaders propagate that culture, they keep, repeating that culture, keep repeating that culture, it forms a kind of societal law that we have to fit into. And if right. you don't, you, you, you know, you out, baby, uh, you know, we're going to punish you. Right. And, uh, and what we need to realize is like what we're talking about right now, the relig religious or the religiosity of the culture, they hate it because what we're doing is we're taking the power out of one person's hands and putting it into everybody's life. Right. So we're putting, remember, we're putting the power and authority into every, you know, we, we inspiring and equipping everybody to be right. ministers for God, to be the priests and the right. kings and priests for God, that they all have authority and power to be, uh, to, to actually be ministers, to have a view to operate and, and serve and, and not just serve people's programs and not just right. serve people's agendas, but actually to be able to serve the Lord in wherever they are doing whatever they want. Right. I remember when I first stepped out of, um, 
of the church, uh, one of the churches that I was, quote, pastoring um, years ago. I had been sitting out on the beach, which our our building was right across the street from the beach. So, I mean, it was like, it was really rough. You know, my office was out there on a bunch of rocks Ugh. and <laughs> you know, it, was, it was tough. Ugh. But anyway, I was sitting out there one day and he said, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said that um, you've misrepresented me. You've built your own and not mine. Now I'm going to teach you how to build for me. And uh, up to that point, we'd had the dead raised, we'd had blind see, the lame walk, we had all sorts of things happening, and I thought I was doing really good. Um, so I, I, uh, there were some, there were some people that, uh, some men that had, um, that had some strength uh, to them, and I basically um, ordained them as elders, and then um, stepped, stepped away. And, um, later, uh, this lady came up to my wife and she says, I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that Steve did that because we were so reliant on him rather than learning to fend for ourselves spiritually. Yeah. Uh, rather than learning to do this ourselves, if we got sick, we'd call him, you know, if we got, you know, if anything was going on, we'd call him. However, when you're first starting out in ministry, that becomes, something that you like you actually want that you like you like the acclamation you like the um the uh, uh you know uh, the the attention you like the fact that you are the solver of people's problems you, you like to be needed right right and i uh, <laughs> you're gonna love this <laughs> uh, guess what i started working as as soon as i stepped out of that i went and got a job <laughs> I was a grave digger. <laughs> I mean, isn't that fitting? So anyway, um, I'm out there digging graves with this guy. And he says, I know I'm called to be a pastor. I'm going to go out and pastor a church somewhere. And I said, well, how do you know you're a pastor? You know, how do you know that you're called to do that? He says, I've got gifts, brother. I've got gifts. And I said, oh, really? What gifts are those? He says, oh, you know, you know, like Paul had. I've got gifts like Paul had. I said, well, which one is that, you know, or which ones? And he goes, I've got the gift of gab. I said, pardon me? He says, you know, you know, like Paul, I have the gift of gab. I said, where's that found? And he says, well, you know, Paul, he was able to talk to anybody. And that's the way I am. I'm able to talk to anybody. I've got the gift of gab that the Lord's given me. And so, you know, I've got these gifts and I'm able to, uh, I know I'm able to lead a church and lead people. So, um, you know, cause they'll follow me cause I've got, I'm able to talk to just about anybody and I'm going, this is the culture that we built. This is what we've, the this mentality. is what we've modeled. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's really, that's really kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, anyway, I just, uh, there are so many different things that, that, uh, as he, as he took me out and said, he's going to teach me how to build for him. That was that was 35 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, that was a long time ago. And as I begin to look back now, I'm thinking, actually, it was only 30 years ago. I'm sorry. I'll take that back. But um, as I look back now at it, I'm going, this is really, it's really interesting, the, the progression or the things he's taken me through the last 30 years, because every now and then, I will try to go back into it and try to do it again. 
and invariably I end up doing it the same way. Yeah. And I remember um, here not too long ago, I was, <clears throat> cause I, I work with a lot of different little regional groups um, uh, in, in different, different States and whatever, uh, just little home groups and, and different churches and stuff. And so anyway, I was, I was uh, talking to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, wouldn't it be fun to have um, just get all these groups together? Just, I mean, you know, just, just for praise and worship and then, then some prayer and then possibly, you know, impart to all of them something, you know, maybe just once a quarter and I'll just, I'll just, you know, we'll just do all this. And, and he, it was like, he spoke in my ear again. He said, son, stop trying to do my job. Let me build my church and you just keep building the temple. You just keep building the people I put in front of you and let me do what I'm called to do, which is build my church. He said, for some reason, you keep thinking about this church mentality and keep trying to build the organization, keep trying to build this thing that's my job to build my church. This is my body. You're not called to build my body. You're called to build the temple, which is individual, you know, disciple, you know, to bring people up into the fullness and stature of Christ. And so it, once again, you know, this was just like a year or two ago. And so, you know, 28 years after I get the, you know, I get set down and I, you know, here, once again, I'm back into it again. And he's going, he's going, son, this is not, this is not how I, I want you to operate anymore. So um, anyway, it's, it's interesting how he takes us on this journey and it takes a long time sometimes to get some of that stuff out of you. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, there, there, there is that place of, of, of equipping. And I think yes. that's, we, yes. we, we've got to find the wisdom that. of that. And, and, you know, I, I feel like we we started with the whole concept of the variety of gifts, variety of ministries and right. ways of working to accomplish things or the results of that. Right. God works all things in all people simply because we need to understand coming into situations is, is that we have room for everybody's way. And I'm, I'm, I mean, everybody's, but I'm saying is that, that how God uses people, every right. single, the housewife, the, 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 the mailman, the, um, the, kind of farmer, the, you know, whatever it is, the, whoever it is, whatever they do and whatever, you know, sort of place they have in life is right. when we come together and in, well, he is actually talking about the common good there is that every person learns how to work with the, with in, in spiritual things so that they bring their gift right. their ministry, and see the results that God uses them to accomplish. And right. nobody, I mean, then, then we have to look at, there's an equipping process. That's what the, the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor teaches. Therefore, they right. there to equip the saints. I, I honestly, I have a, a real sense. When I came to America, is, we, Michelle and I were praying before we came to America. And we were asking God, what, what, you know, we're, we're not just coming here to be family. I mean, we, you know, it's like we're not just coming here to settle down and retire and whatever else. I'm, I feel like this place to refire. I'm, I believe we're here for a reason and a purpose. We're here for an assignment. 
we have a mandate. And, and as I began to pray and seek God, I said, Lord, what are you, what are you saying? And the Lord said, I want you to go to, um, I want you to search um, the church of Iran. And I said, what? I mean, you know, Iran to me is like an oppressive place. And right, right. Churches, you know, so I did a search uh, on, on Iran church. And man, I came up with all the stuff that's going on in Iran and that it's the fastest growing um, church in the world in the sense, not, not a church, but the church is growing faster there than anywhere else in the world. Right. They, they are, the Lord is revealing, revealing himself to people in dreams and visions and they're getting saved and they have to pray, ask God for connections to meet other people because if they, if they ask anybody, they could be asking somebody who is an, an informant for the government. Right. And, um, the government has got no control over it. I was reading an article and they were saying that the, 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 mos the mosques are actually quite empty because everybody, especially the new generation, are all getting saved. Huh. And nobody, there's no bishops, there's no, but right. they have people that are equipping the church. So we, we have to understand two principles here. One is that there is, the, God has set, equipping gifts in the church to equip the church. And, and I had a sense that when we came to America, God said, this is what I want to do. It's happening already. I'm not saying we're going to start something new, but I'm just saying that, that I just had a real sense that God say, I'm working outside of the structure of the institutionalized, organized, religious. I, I can't get into that anymore. And we, we've got to understand is that the Lord's going to do something organically. He's going to do something that's going to be book of Acts kind of style where we, people are meeting the, the church is gathering in restaurants, in, in coffee shops, in homes, wherever, you know, next to the river, like Dorcas and them and, and, and ha doing whatever's necessary. But then God's going to send in giftings, um, to actually equip the saints with the necessary for their maturity so that right, they, right. you know, so Ephesians chapter four. But I think the, the, the concept that we also need to understand is that when we come into this, it's we're coming into it with a family mindset, a family culture. There's multi-generational. And if, if I try and control my children all the time, they never have, an opportunity to share, uh, never have an opportunity to speak, never have an opportunity, you know, they just got to sit in their little seats, uh, shut up, listen, be heard, you know, right. no, don't be heard, you know, just like be seen, but not heard, you know, right. that rule that we grew up with. We can't grow up with that kind of thing in the church. We, you know, that's in the community of believers, we've got to allow Every generation, we're going to allow the babies to grow. We're going to allow the young people to go to war and be ex be excited, be passionate. You know, right. go, they want to do things. They want to prophesy. They want to they want to go to war, man. They want to abide in the word of God. They want to do stuff. And then you know, the moms and dads need to be the ones balancing the whole thing, keeping right. the constitution and guarding that. And, and so we just got to find that balance in how we actually begin to see this un 
unrolling or rolling out across the nation and nations, you know? It's interesting that you said about the Iran church, um, because what you see is, is that organic type of thing beginning to happen and people naturally coming forth to, to begin to help equip um, some of the other people. The first thing we try to do in our Western civilization, because we, we've had that pattern so long, the first thing we try to do is, is establish governments. I'm going to have, I'm going to set people in to rule. And so we got to find an apostle to rule. Um, and then we've got to find prophets that begin to do their thing because those two are foundational guys. And then we got to find teachers and, you know, let's, let's find all these guys and put them into place. And then we'll start gathering the people around uh, because we have to have a government structure. Yeah. And we, we go at it backwards. We go at it governments first, whereas Christ said, well, actually Paul said it, uh, but you know, Christ said it through him there in, First uh, Corinthians 12, the latter part of it, it says, and um, now you are the body of Christ, members in particular, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healing, helps, and governments. Governments is the last, well, not the last things, because it says diversity of tongues, but governments is one of the last things set. Yeah. And yet, we think apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, we think that the apostles and prophets you know, he sets first in the church uh, uh, apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers after that. So we think that these guys are governments. It doesn't say that. No, no they're not. They're simply a tool yeah. that is put into place to help begin to form these babies into a fullness of maturity right. so that they come into fullness and stature of Christ so that now the body is knit together. Now the body begins to function, each part functioning like it's supposed to. And when you think about what an apostle is, basically it, it means sent one. Yeah. And I've always seen it. Uh, I guess that the thing that I've seen in, in a, in an apostolic type of a way, even though they're foundational men, what, what they do is they can, it's almost like a, uh, a, not an architect. Well, it'd be more like an architect. Yeah, they, they see those things which are wanting, lacking, coming behind, as Paul said, and he begins to see the overall picture, what's going on in a person's life, and, uh, and knows what part to put in where, knows, knows where it's lacking, knows where it's wanting, and begins to full, fill in those pieces or those blank spaces. Then the, then the prophet comes along, and simply, as it says in Jeremiah, roots out, plucks up, tears down, and destroys, because a lot of times there's old foundations, there's old stones, there's old roots, there's old stuff in there that we have built upon that's not even supposed to be built upon. So these guys come in, root out, pluck up, tear down, destroy, and then begin to build and plant. And then the teachers come along and begin to build on top of that properly, so that now you have a good, firm foundation because it's not built on all this other stuff that we've had in our lives all this time. And so when you look at that as a tool, as opposed to a gifting or an anointing or a, a, a position or a title or, or governments, because these guys, according to this, they are not governments. They're a gift. They were sent to build the people. Yeah. So they weren't sent to build the church or be over churches. They were sent to build the people. Yeah. So when you look at that, as far as even in the simplicity of that, those three verses there, you, you look at that as far as 
I am simply a tool sent to build this person up. Now, what is it I'm supposed to do in their life? Am I that the rest of their life? No. Yeah. I'm only sent there for a time and a season until I'm not needed as that tool. He only uses the master builder only uses a tool as long as it's functional. Yeah. He doesn't continue to beat on you with a hammer if a hammer's not needed. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, there's different there's different dimensions, right? Different times, different seasons, right? They come in and and but yeah, <laughs> we need to understand what's foundational, because governments governments being eldership in a sense, um, right? Right. And so Those what we do is we yeah. send a pastor in, and now to gather something around him, and he becomes the focal point. But it's yeah, and he's the pastor. The pastor should be a, an equipping gift. It's not a right. It's not a governmental gift. No. It's an equipping gift. Right. Eldership is the government's, and eldership right. comes once the, the community is formed. And, right. And there's a dynamic, there's equipping taking place. A character has revealed who are the, the, the brothers and, and, and moms and dads, because that's really what elders are. They're moms and dads who have a sense of maturity that right. aren't about themselves. They're there to serve the body. They're there to build up the body. They're there to, uh, to lead and guide the body into constantly into kingdom thinking, right. into, into Christ and maturity. And so, but what we do is we take a pastor, put them down and then say, all right, here we go, gather around that. And then, of course, they're going, okay, here's the super spiritual dude. We still right. got this Roman Catholic Middle Ages kind of mentality. This yeah. is the Archbishop that we, you know, we've got to bring all our money to, and right. and they, you know, they're the ones, the holy ones that can hear from God. We can't hear from God. They've got to hear from God. I, you like you, I probably, you know, like me. You've probably lived through it as well, but. You know, getting called out is like, my marriage is bad. Uh, and somebody wants to give their heart to the Lord. Can you come over right now? Right, um, right. Yeah. Will you have, you know, I, I've got this problem. And you come in on your white horse. Yes. And, and so you're riding from, you know, initially it's nice because you need it and it, keeps, it gives you job security. But after a while, you start feeling like, man, I'm worn out. I just yeah, like burn out. I, I don't want another call, you know. <laughs> you, right. you walk down the shopping center and you and you see a member of the church duck, you know, because you don't want anybody to see you. I mean, I remember. I mean, I remember one one lady in the mall accosted me, and she went off at me in the mall about <laughs> about you know about her husband, and she was going off, and she said, "You pro," and now she's going like, "You probably don't care," and I'm going. I, Lady, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> right. You know? It's just like you, you shouting. I said, you know, honestly, go home, make love to your husband, and and uh, and and you know, be be a godly wife. Who do you think you are? I said, well, nobody actually. I'm going now. Bye. <laughs> because <laughs> you know, after the, you know, you just you try to avoid people like that when you don't even know who they are. So you just try right. to avoid them, you know. But we don't need no. that kind of stuff happening. No. You know, and part of what we've done too then is shut out shut out different sectors of the body that do have a part. Uh, like it says, older women teach the younger women how to love your husbands. You know how to love your children. You know that type of thing. Yeah. And really, in that type of a in the type of society that we've created, we really don't have that functioning. My um, 
I used to travel quite a bit and be gone for uh, lengths of times, um, just just with ministry stuff. And and um, <clears throat> I remember asking my wife one time. I said, "How do you how do you make decisions when I'm gone? Because you know, I know that you know that you're there to reflect me. You're there to you're there to reflect what I would normally do. And and um, you know, we usually make those types of things together, but uh, I know that you're there to reflect your head, which is me. And, and I know you don't want to, you don't go against that principle in your own heart. I said, how do you make those decisions when I'm not, when I'm not around? And this is the days before cell phones, you know, so, yeah, yeah. or at least if we did have them, you know, they were as big as a suitcase. <clears throat> but um, uh, she said, she said something that really, I thought this is something that the younger women need to hear but yet she has no platform. She had no place for it. And that was, she said, I think with your heart. Yes. I thought, wow, if we could grab that. And, and I took it for me as far as a, a bride to my husband, Christ. Yeah. I thought that's, that's how I'd make my decisions then is to think with his heart. Exactly. And uh, I mean, that, that impact, that really impacted me for, uh, it still has, of course, as you can tell, because it just, it's one of those things that, that is not taught to you by some person. This is a principle that this person lives by. It's become a part of their lives and now they're able to impart it to you. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, I mean, to be able to impart that to younger women, to be able to give them that, give them that, uh, not just the information, but to be able to impart that heart to them. Yeah, it's something that's far beyond uh, sitting there and listening to a couple of years worth of uh, discipleship training and messages. Yeah. So uh, anyway, just just hearing that to me and and but yet once again, this is the type of thing we're looking for is to draw out of every man. Every man hath every joint supplieth. So what does this person have? What is it they've got for for these other people? And and if you hear some younger ones start talking out, you know, like that lady, you know, my husband, my, 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 whatever, um, you know, t- to have a woman with seasoned maturity be able to speak into that. Yes. Because she's, this lady apparently is already mad with men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's uh-huh. already upset. Hello. So anything you say is probably going to be disputed anyway at that point. Yeah. Um, because you're a man. I mean, that's just basic and simple. And same thing happens vice versa. If I'm a, if I'm a man and I'm having a problem with my wife and some woman speaks to me, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna listen very well. Thank you very well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it takes that maturity. It takes somebody walking with that type of maturity to be able to speak back into those situations. And it doesn't mean you're. You are an apostle at that point. You were sent by God into that situation in that person's life to be able to speak to that foundational flaw and set it right, set it back in order. And in simplicity, the tool of that is a phenomenal, because people don't know what's happening to them. Same thing with a prophet. If I come in to root out, pluck up, tear down, destroy, and then begin to build and plant in your life, most of the time you don't know that it's happening. Yeah. Most of the time, because I'm not coming in saying, thus saith the Lord, and then doing all this sort of stuff, I, you're, you're tearing down some things that they've had established in their lives for a long time, and their way of thinking then, their whole way of life is built upon those foundations, and you're, you begin to erode away at it or take it away, 
and, and rebuild some new foundations in their life. And they, they begin to think, wow, this is Christ putting something in me. Thank you, Lord. It's not this man has done something, uh, you know, great in my life. So therefore I'm going to follow him. It's, it's Christ has done this now. And as you look back on your life, you go, wow, that, you know, the Lord really did some things in me at that point in time in my life. Yeah. And, uh, it isn't that, I mean, he, yes, he used that tool, but it's not, it isn't glorifying the man or the woman in that particular instance. So well, that's, yeah, it's just that season and, and, and right, right. Yeah. Well, we can, we need to pick this up again next week. Um, because this is a, this is a good discussion on, on the, just the order of the house. I think, you know, it's just really deep diving a little bit into how we bring different parts and how we develop the different parts. So, um, I think today I, I, I leave with, with this, uh, listen with his heart, um, or, or yes, you know, think with his heart. Right. Um, that that is like a really powerful little uh, quote right there um, to for us to go away and and I think you know just encourage um, wherever you are and whatever you're involved in is to actually begin to adjust yourself and adjust your 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 uh, approach to the to the community. Where are you? You know, maturity doesn't mean you've got to be the the loudest you know, little trumpet sounding in the, in the group. Uh, maturity means that you're able to actually empower others to be a louder trumpet than they've ever been before. Right. And, and to find their, help them find their gifting, help them find their ministry and nurture that and develop that. I think that that is the important thing. It's different when you're coming in in different places. But anyway, I don't want to get into all of that now because we're going to do that next week. But <laughs> listen with his heart. And I think that's the, or think with his heart. I think it's to go back and, and really get, you know, get intimate with, with the Lord, in, intimate with his, with his heartbeat and, and with, with the heart of the Lord, not the heart of, of the organization or heart of religion or the heart of your, your agenda, but the heart of the Lord. Right. Jesus, to get Christ's heart and think with his heart in whatever you're doing. Right. Right. So thank you for being with us again today. This is Friday and this is building the church with Sean and building his church, not the church, but yeah, it's building the church as well. <laughs> building his church with Sean and Steve. Uh, great to have you with us again. Thank you for hopping on to uh, this episode. And uh, we look forward to um, catching up with you again next week. Have a very blessed weekend, very anointed weekend, and you take time to meet meet other believers, meet other other Christians, encourage them, you know, just uh, inspire them. Um, take time to listen to somebody else and say, "What is on your heart?" You know, what do you, what is your journey? Listen to their story and allow them to express who they are as well. So until next time, Steve, thank you for being with us again today. And um, we'll catch you on the Friday next week. God bless you guys. <laughs>